thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, good to see you. Hey, go ahead and uh, grab your bulletin. On the back of that is the, uh, I, I would say, order uh, outline, but it's just your text. You can go ahead and put your finger on Psalm 51. We will be there in just a little bit. But let me ask you this. Tyler, the message is you can't go anywhere until you clean your room. How many of you have either heard it or say it today? Tons of you. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Famous last words of every parent and every kid that doesn't like the words today will say the words in 20 years from now, okay? Promise you, okay? You can't go anywhere until you clean your room. Now, one of the things that I've, uh, I grew up, I told you we had that house when I was growing up, especially like late elementary, junior high, high school, uh, in those years, it was, a, it was a house that was ordained for football games in the front yard. It just was. It had the, the driveway for one end zone and a couple of huge oaks for the other right before you went out into the street. So you had to put your brakes on pretty good on that one. But then right dead slap middle was a sidewalk for the nice 50-yard line so it kept all teams even. And then we had a row of hollies on one side so you can take all your buddies that you needed to right into those hollies and cut them up real good. So you only went down that side if you knew you had some really good white boy speed because if you didn't make it past the hollies, you were about to get towed up in them hollies, okay? And so one time I come home from school, we, you know, at school, your, your buddy's like, hey, man, we're going to your house to play football. Oh, yeah, my house to play football. So we go home. Uh, I put my books down. My mom's in the kitchen. I say, hey, mom, how are you? I said, she said, whoa, 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 where are you going? I said, I'm going to play football. She said, no, you're not. You told me last night, yesterday afternoon, you're going to clean your room. You told me after dinner, you're going to clean your room. You told me you'd do it before school started, you clean your room. And look, Still undone. So you're not going anywhere until you clean your room. All right, right there. I got buddies that are all looking at me like, dude, holding the football up, waving. I'm like, I know, I know. And so you're caught. What do you do? I mean, here's my room. I've got a couple of choices. My dresser, which is full, under my bed, which my mom's smart, man. She'll see that stuff hanging out. That won't get it done. And then I look up and God ordained closets, and I'm like, oh, yes. Woo! I love closets. So I'll open the closet. It's not real pretty either. But I had enough room to get the junk in the room in the closet, shove it all in there, kick the sock in, shove that in, slam it. I'm like, ooh, I hope she didn't open that. That would hurt somebody if they opened that. And so I go through the kitchen. My mom says, clean your room? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Hmm, that would be kind of a lie. All right? Yes, ma'am. She said, okay, go play. So I got there and play. Everything's great, boy, just playing, boom, boom, boom. And then we come in, sunsets, we come in, eat dinner, get cleaned up, do homework, get ready for bed. My mom comes down to my room, tell me good night, give me a kiss, and she comes in real sweet, gives me, you know, uh, says good night, gives me a kiss on the cheek, and here's all she said. I still remember today. Next time I ask you to clean your room, remember that your closet is part of your room. Good night. I'm like, good night. I'm going to sleep terrible tonight. So this guilt just floods me, man. All right? Remember your closet's part of your room. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God today says the same thing to you and me. Our room, oh, baby, that's what we showcase, isn't it? How many people invite their friends over? Hey, man, you want to spend a night and sleep over? Yeah. All right, you ready for bed? Let's go in the closet. What? I'm not going in the closet with you, man. You, you, you need to go to pavilion, man. I mean, 
we, we don't invite people over to hang out in our closets. If you do, then give me your name and I'll begin a prayer chain for you because that's just not healthy, all right? That's not what we do. The room is our life. It's, it's what people see. We'll broadcast that, but we look good. But our, but our, but our hearts, <laughs> which is the closet of our life, my friend, is where we like to shove a whole bunch of junk that we don't want anybody to see. You see, we walk around, and we look like we got it all together. Everything's great. I'm good. Why? Because my room is not in bad shape at all, but my closet is a mess, a mess. And see, today the parent is God. God says, mm, child of mine, you can't go anywhere until you get that room clean. You can't go anywhere until you get that room clean. God is sovereign. He's omnipotent omnipresent. He knows everything about us. Here's what I found out about closet. It doesn't increase the more stuff you put in. It's not like it's growing on the backside. There's only so much that can go in there. And eventually, it starts hanging out under the door. You can't get the door shut because it's all hanging out. You know those people that drive around got their kids, you know, shirts hanging out their back door? You're like, dude, your seatbelt's hanging out. Your shirts are hanging out. What, What kind of car you got there? Well, that's what happens to us. And while we stand behind the light laughing at them because they got shirts and newspapers and stuff hanging out, I was behind a guy the other day had a Happy Meal sack hanging out. I was like, dude, I don't even want to see the inside of your car if you got a Happy Meal stuff hanging out your door. All right? But what happens is you can only put so much stuff in there. And then it starts hanging out. Then it starts hanging out. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture, and I want you to watch this play out for us. Psalm 51. I want you to keep in your mind you can't go anywhere until you clean your room. Look at Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. And surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the innermost parts. You teach me wisdom in your inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, with, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me, hear, let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast love within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt. Blood guilt, O oh God, the God who sir, saves me and my tongue that will sing righteousness. O oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will praise, and the mouth will declare your praise. Verse 16, and do not delight in, you do not delight in sacrifices or I would bring it, and you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Right there, folks, you see a gentleman whose life was very visible, but whose closet was very crowded. 
And finally, the closet hung out into the room. Finally did. I want you to look at verse 4 and see what happens here. Verse 4 is a beautiful text right there. It says this. Look at the B part. So that you prove right when you speak and justify when you judge. If you got your own Bible out beside that, it's simply this. That's the Holy Spirit. See, there's been many times in your life that the Holy Spirit speaks into that area, into that closet, and you don't like it. You don't like it at all. See, in this room today, the unforgiveness or the forgiveness falls in three different categories in this room. Either you need to forgive yourself, either you need to forgive others, or you need to forgive God. And see what happens, and I, I've been there, okay? Some of you know that, that when I was in college, uh, God began to speak to me about ministry. Everyone could hear it but me, but I knew when I got alone with God, he spoke right there. And my unforgiveness was towards my father. It had built up for years, and I had denied it because I said it's his job as a dad to make that right, not me, the kid. And as you know, uh, my dad was a lost man at that time, and I was waiting on a lost man to be prompted by the Holy Spirit to come and get forgiveness from me. That was not going to happen. And my job as a child was to go to him three and a half hours away and walk into his shop and, and lay that at the cross. And after that, the Holy Spirit of God began to just flow through me. I heard his call. I could hear his voice. But I'm going to tell you, unforgiveness towards my father was an absolute roadblock to, to God's Spirit moving in my life. And my friends, listen to me. You've been there. Some of you are sitting there, and you have convinced yourself that God could no way forgive your past. No way. And you're held, because of your past, you're held from the future blessings and future things that God wants to do in your life. And the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to you because every time we get in worship, every time you get in the Word, every time you get there, you see yourself. Sometimes you see the person or persons that you're still bothered by. But we tell the other people around us that are looking at our room, all that we're fine. We're good. We're over that, man. We turn the page. And you know in your closet that stuff's still there. Still there. And he says, you, you proved right when you speak. That's like him telling God, you're right, that's right, that's right. You're right. You're right to judge me there. You're right to speak there. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's what we are. When you also look at verse 6 and 7, surely you desire truth in my inner parts. If you've got your own Bible, what is the inner parts of you? Closet. That's it. Scripture says in Proverbs, when you have a man's heart, you have the man. They come to me with praise and worship from their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Man, I'm telling you, you can come to church and worship, 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 according to you. But all God hears is singing. Because your heart's not connected to none of those songs, man. You're singing from the top of your noggin. And that's why you look around and you're not moved by that. You're just singing it. 
My friend, listen to me. The innermost parts that God's desire is, is the closet of your life. It's the closet. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be white as snow. We don't know what hyssop is today, but let me tell you what it is today. Lava soap. Go take a bath in lava soap. You won't have hair nor skin on you. You'll be clean, white as snow. No dirt in the pores, baby. I'm just telling you. You want to get rid of acne, grab a lava soap, scrub your face, acne gone. It's gone. You won't shave for about four years, but that acne be gone. Lava soap will wear you out, man. And that's what he's saying. Cleanse deep, deep clean. A deep clean. A deep clean. Because what we want to do is we want to wash with dove. Dove, that's good. I, I use dove sometimes on my face, but here's the deal. Dove ain't going to get it deep down clean. Sometimes, man, when it's all messed up in your room and you shove it in the closet, you get some lava and you clean the room and the closet and all that stuff's gone. And many of us have shoved all that junk into our lives and we dress up nice, get a nice car, nice house, get a nice shirt, start singing a lot, walk around, go to men's group, men's retreats, women's retreat, women's Bible study, get in life group, everything's wonderful, everything's wonderful. And then we get in front of God and God's like, member, 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 member. Closet, 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 closet. And we're like, I don't want to deal with that, man. I don't want to deal with that. That's too hard. That's too hard. I don't want to unpack all that junk. You're robbing yourself, man. You unpack it and you set free. You'll be set free, man. Let's keep rolling. Look at 10 and 11. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and a renew a steadfast spirit within me. Let me tell you what full clauses do eventually. Shut you down. It'll shut you down. It, shut, it almost absolutely took me out. Because I think God was about out of patience of speaking over me in Bible study and church and in the Word about call to full-time ministry. And he finally just broke me up to get my attention. Look at 11. Do not cast me from your presence mm. or take your Holy Spirit from me. I'm telling you right now, man, unforgiveness about yourself about another, or can I just tell you, about God, will almost feel like you have lost his attention. You'll feel like you're not even in his presence. You say, how do you, how, what do you mean, forgive God? <laughs> I, I'm with them often. Because they feel like that God is like this big dude at a poker table who's dealing cards for life. And they're the only one at the table that got jokers. And everybody else got aces. And what happens to you is that resentment, that how your life turned out, and that God's not doing in you what he's doing in others. You start keeping score. You start comparing your life to theirs. You start looking at what they drive, the house they have, how green their grass is, their trees never die. Look at all their kids are involved in. Look at the fact that they get chosen for this. Why does she and him, why did their kids always get picked for this and my kids don't get picked for nothing? That is not fair, not fair, not fair, not fair. And I'm going to tell you right now, you come into worship 
with I don't, it's not fair and keeping score and mad at God and feel like he did you wrong and then you come and try to raise hands and you try to worship, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, there's no way. There's no way. It's like God needs to just push the hands down and push your knees down. Because until you get that junk out of your closet, it will pollute every stinking area of your life. And you see it all the time. Miserable, born-again, redeemed child of the kings. Please tell your face you're redeemed. Because the problem is you're keeping score and you're mad at God and you're comparing your life to others and you're checking off things that they got and the things that you don't. And then you're trying to size up your God and you're, t- you're determining how much worship God's going to get and how much time in the Word God's going to get based on your week and the things that happen to you. And that's wrong. That's wrong. He ain't Santa Claus in a red suit and a big old belly. Don't be rubbing his tummy and asking for things. I'm going to tell you, he's a God. He's a God of all creation. And I'm going to tell you, you need to... Cl- People say, oh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with God. Yeah, you do. You're mad at him. You're mad at him. And it's evident when you look at your life. You're keeping score. Let's keep rolling because the clock keeps moving. Um, look at 15. Kind of talked about it a little bit, but I want you to see it. Oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Yes, it will. When you get that out of your closet. Don't quit buying the lie that no one sees it in your closet. You know what happens right away to people in the church and people that that know Christ. When that closet starts getting full, what do you do? You pull back. Start pulling back. Because who's going to come and let people in their room? If you do that too much, eventually somebody that you're not paying attention to is going to open your closet door. They will. And you're going to get mad. I didn't ask you to go there. Did I ask you to open my closet? I didn't ask you to go in there. That's not your closet, my closet. If I want you in my closet, I'll let you in my closet. And we don't like it. And I got to tell you something. The same boundary we have on people, <laughs> we have on God. I'll tell you, God, when you go in my closet. That's my closet. That's my closet. I'll let you in when I think I can trust you. But until I think I can trust you, you're not getting in my closet. Yep. That's exactly right. And there's a bunch of people in church today that feel exactly that way. They're not going to say it, but that's what they feel. I want to keep rolling. Look at 16 and 17. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. And you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. <laughs> mm. The top half of 16 and 17, 16 is do, and 17 is be. See, do is, I, I don't want you to bring me a church bulletin. I don't want you to bring me a church bulletin. I, that, that's good. I know. I don't want you to do this. I want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. No, I don't want you to do this. I, I know you're doing that. I don't want you to do it. I want you to be first. Look at what, how you got to be. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not 
despise. You can do all that stuff and be hard, man. Hard. Hard. Or you can stop doing, first be, and then get up from being and do. Because when that happens that way, it changes everything. The anointing of God will be all over your life. All over your life. You'll have divine encounters in people's lives that change, man. Walmart, Logan's, car wash, doesn't matter. You'll sit in class as a teacher and another teacher will walk across the hall because they have found favor with God and God trusted them with you. They'll walk into your room. You'll speak into their life and it'll be anointing on your body. And you'll speak life to them. Why? Because your closet matches your room. And when that happens, my friend, then his presence fills that place. And supernatural things happen in your life. Simple as that. You see, today, when you walked in, for all of us, Jeff included, three areas. Either there's some stuff way back that we need to forgive ourselves for. Okay? Or, and maybe (laughs) together, there's others, someone else, that needs to be forgiven. And you know who it is. You see their face a lot. Okay? Our last is God. You can let God off the hook. You can let him off the hook. He's already got off the cross. Let him off your hook. Quit holding all that stuff against God and set him free. Set him free. This morning, I don't want you to think about nothing else but the simple phrase of, you can't go anywhere until you clean your room. And I want you to hear God speak over you. Always remember, child of mine, your room, your closet is part of your room. This morning, stop, man. Stop thinking that by not forgiving yourself, you're okay. That you're doing okay. Stop thinking and buying the lie that you're punishing that person by not forgiving them. Quit. It's a lie. They don't even know that you have ought against them. They don't even know it. They don't know it. Your cancer is killing you. The cancer of unforgiveness is rotting you from the inside out. Quit, quit, quit. And my friends, if you're in this room and you feel like God has done you wrong, then you've got to let God off the hook. Because carrying that resentment to the Father is not helping the child at all. At all. If we move to a time of invitation, this altar is open. And sometimes, my friend, it's a good place to lay that junk down. Don't walk out of here carrying it. Don't. You can't go anywhere until you clean your room. He wants to do so much more in your life than he's doing today. And he's doing quite a bit. But he wants to take you to a level you've never been at. And a lot of the reason that you're not, you can't get there and you're not, not there is because of the closet. Clean it out today.
If you're here this morning looking for a church home, this is your place. This is your time. During the invitation time, you're free to come to the altar for those here to pray with you. Come here if you want to join the church or need me to pray over you or anything. Right where you're at, man, just have church. Feel like you're the only one in the room, my friend. But listen to the Father when he speaks over you. Your room's pretty. Closet's a mess. Closet's a mess. Can't hold much more. Quit putting it in there. Clean it out. Let him set you free today. Let him set you free. Let's pray. Father, this morning, man, Psalm 51 is a very simple passage from a guy who understands closets that are full. He got in trouble because his closet was full and he wasn't where he needed to be. Father, if we don't deal with our closets, eventually we start acting out of those closets. God, I pray you set us free today. It's never fun to clean the closet. But God, it's glorious when it's done. So God, I pray you set your people free today. Let us forgive ourselves. Let us forgive others. God, let us forgive you. So, God, as we stand, I pray you move us for your honor, for your glory. In Christ's name.